you all doing tonight? Can you guys hear me? Okay? The back row. Awesome. Alright, um, why don't I introduce myself first because probably most people don't know me, but my name is Paul. Um, from Washington State. Anybody here from Washington State? Hey! One from Washington State? Awesome. Oh, come on, somebody. Um, anyways, um, I've been on a crazy journey with the Lord that's brought me to about far, far away as where I'm from as I could possibly be. Grew up around Portland, Oregon, but um, you know I don't want to share my whole testimony tonight because it take up the whole time. But just to say that you know I was on a very, very lost, very dark path, and Jesus saved me when I was about 18 years old and called me on this crazy journey to follow Him. And uh, my wife and I, it's my wife back there. Becca, but um, my wife and I have been serving the Lord. Um, we've been on a mission field for a while. We lived in Mexico, Morocco, Israel, Germany. We planted a church in Germany in Munster. And uh, was in West Virginia for a while. We was a youth, a youth camp out there. And uh, now God's called us to Charleston. And Jeremy asked me to speak tonight, and, and the Lord really gave me, I think, something that I really feel like is. Uh, going to speak to us tonight. If you guys want to open your Bibles, we're going to start in John chapter 8. Really tonight we're going to be trying to answer a couple questions, um, just so you guys kind of know where I'm trying to go. I want to talk about who are the children of God. I want to talk about how did they become children of God. You know, we're going to look into really tonight into Romans chapter 8, where we want to spend the bulk of our time in looking at this idea of that we've been adopted into God's family. So we've received the spirit of adoption. And I want to talk about that a lot tonight. So how did they become children of God? And we're going to talk about what is promised? What did God promise to his children? And that's in the, in the way of an inheritance. So tonight I want to just kind of start out this message just kind of um, answering this question, which I've heard a lot, this kind of a question. And it's kind of, the way this question is, is said, it actually it has like, it has an answer that is, is implied by it. And they say something like, well, aren't we all children of God? Isn't everybody a child of God since we're all created in his image, right? We're all created in God's image, so aren't we all his child? And so I want to answer that question first to start out tonight. And that's in John chapter 8. We're going to start in verse 31. And I think Jesus answers this question very, very clearly. He says, uh, yeah, starting verse 31 in John 8. And Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my words, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And they answered him, We are all Abraham's descendants, and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say that you will make us free? And Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, Whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in a house forever, but a son will abide forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me, because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do not, because you have seen with your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. 
Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. And they said to him, We were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. And Jesus said to them, If you, if God were your father, you would love me, for I proceed forth and come from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he, sent, he who sent me. So why, why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own resources, for he's a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe. Which of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe in me? He who, he who is of God hears God's word. Therefore, do not, you do not hear because you are not of God. He's talking to these Orthodox Jewish men that are actual, literal descendants of Abraham. And they just come with this question, well, aren't, of course we're children of God. You know, we're Orthodox Jews. We're the most spiritual people around. You know, we're the backs of the Bible people. You know, we're, of course we're children of God. We even can track our lineage back to Abraham. And Jesus just hammers them so with this, this idea that's so powerful. He says, listen, you guys have no idea who, who God really is because you don't know me and you're rejecting me. And if you knew him, if you knew the Father, you'd receive me because I come forth from him. So I wanted to start tonight with this idea that we're coming from a place of totally being disconnected from God. We're not God's children naturally. You know, so, and if these people are not God's children, then who is? Who could be God's child? And I think we all know the answer to that one in John chapter 3. Um, verse 16 for God so loved the world that he gave what his only begotten son right? Jesus Christ very very unique right Jesus is the only begotten of the father the only natural born son it really has to do with this relationship that Jesus has with the father God that is totally unique and that was totally unique but what I want to talk about tonight is that that relationship that Jesus has with the father is what's been offered us in the gospel. And that's through the spirit of adoption. And so tonight we want to spend some time in Romans chapter 8. So if you guys want to return to Romans chapter 8, we're going to start in verse, uh, verse 13. It says, If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit... But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. This is this amazing idea that we want to talk about, adoption, the spirit of adoption. And really the whole idea of this message and, and kind of where this comes from is from this experience I had this summer. And this is kind of a crazy story. Um, you know, ever since I moved to Charleston, I've been working in the staffing company, working in downtown Charleston with a guy named Todd McGorick, which is the guy that planted River Church. And he's just this really involved pastor in the city. And I met him, and he called me to come and be a part of him this last year, working with the staffing company, really trying to 
work with people in the city to try to get them work, get them, get them jobs. And through that, being able to share the love of Christ with them and working through some really crazy stuff. I mean, guys coming off the street, guys coming out of jail, and we're trying to help them get jobs and working through some things in their lives. It's been an amazing opportunity and incredibly challenging, though, if you could imagine the kind of stuff that goes on in day labor. So I was a staffing coordinator with them. I have about 140 um, employees that I was working with every day. So, I mean, it's been a crazy year. But this summer, it was really, things were kind of falling apart with it. It was really challenging. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I got this invitation to go and help lead a team to Guatemala. And I was like, you know, it's, you guys are leaving in a week. You know, I'm working. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know how this is going to work. I don't have any money. Like, I, don't, I have no idea how this is going to happen. And they said, well, just pray about it. And so I started praying. And then somebody, which I don't even know who it was, but somebody came and sponsored my whole trip to go to Guatemala, gave me all this money. And, and I just felt like, you know what, okay, I'm going to go. I'm just going to quit my job, and I'm going to go to Guatemala. And we'll see what happens after that. So I went to Guatemala, and I really know what to expect. I lived in Mexico before I spoke some Spanish, but when I went there, what I experienced was some of the most powerful demonstration of the gospel that I've ever seen in my life, and that's what I want to share with you guys tonight um, a little bit. And so the place we went is a place called Zacapa, and it's, you know, Guatemala's been completely devastated by a civil war, and there's so much poverty. It's, it's unbelievable. But there's this, this pocket of um, God just doing amazing things. Uh, there's an orphanage. There's a there's a hospital. There's all kinds of stuff. Um, and what's happening there, and this is kind of sad, but what what's happening is the government shut down international adoption. You're not allowed to bring children out of the country anymore, and um, that's created a problem because now there's just orphan children everywhere, and there's nowhere for them to go. Um, and so, you know, the orphan the orphanage there is overflowing with kids. And so. One of our really good friends in Virginia, he, uh, he was our photographer in our wedding. He had, he had been going down there for years back and forth, and he kind of had this amazing experience with his, uh, with his wife that um, just really changed everything in their life. And when I was down there, I was, I was hanging out with them. They've moved there now. And his wife told me her testimony, and it was just so amazingly powerful, um, what, what God's done in their life. What happened to them was... She was going into a village, and they were preaching the gospel, and they were doing all these things in these villages. And um, where Guatemala is, you know, it's down there on the equator. It's very, very hot. You know, it's crazy hot. And so they're, they're, they're going into these villages, and it's just so hot. And they ran out of water. And they were, it just started to be actually like, you know, it was getting kind of scary. Like, wow, we're, it's really hot. We're really exhausted. We don't have any water, but we don't really know what we're going to do. We're just going to keep pushing, pushing forward. And uh, his wife, her name's Patty, um, she actually had a heat stroke, and she actually died, and they had to resuscitate her. And it was like the scariest thing ever. And she shared this testimony that when that happened to her, that she had in this encounter with Jesus Christ, where she saw him, and he came to her, and spoke to her, and showed her this river, and just talked to her about really specifically what he was calling them to do, and you know, they were able to resuscitate her. She shared this, like, what happened to her. And, you know, obviously it's a pretty dramatic story. I mean, she's telling this story to us, I mean, in tears. I mean, it's, like, so powerful. It's like, well, God's calling us to move to Guatemala. 
God's calling us to move here to adopt these children that don't have a family. And they actually did that. They sold everything that they have. They moved to Guatemala. And they said, you know, we're not allowed to adopt these children out of this country. We're going to go to them. We're going to go and move there. We're going to be there forever. You know, we're committed long term, forever, 20 years, 30 years, whatever, however long. And we're going to adopt these children. And so actually three families have done that. And they've started this place called Safe Haven Village where they've, you know, basically each of them has adopted about eight children and started the whole village there. And so that's what we were serving. And, um, you know, just observing that whole scenario and just watching what God's doing and watching these kids um, just coming out of just unspeakable, like, I couldn't even share it in this context, stuff that I heard, like stories of what these children are coming out of. Just absolute horrific scenarios. And these children are coming out of it and, and just so hurt and so lost and so destitute. They don't even have parents. They don't even have families, you know. And, and what hap- what, what's happening is the most clearest demonstration of the gospel I've ever seen in my life. And that was that the, these families were willing to sacrifice everything because of the love that God had put in their heart for these children, these destitute children, that God just gripped them so powerfully and spoke to them so powerfully that they had to move. They had to go to Guatemala, sell everything, move down there, and just commit to bringing these children in. And there's just so many things that that I observed there. Um, and I just want to talk about a little bit how they relate to us. Because I really felt like what the Holy Spirit was doing was revealing to me His heart for us. And that His heart is like an adopted father. Um, you know, there's just so many things I observed when I was there, but something that kind of like sh- struck me at first was the first thing was that you know he, Phil and Patty they have three of their own sons and they've adopted eight children and they've only been there for a year and I I guess I don't know why I was taken back by this but they really make no distinction whatsoever right if, if you adopt this family like there's no distinction between a like oh this is my natural son and this is my adopted son you know like oh I favor him more. I favor my adopted children. Like, they see them absolutely equal. There's no difference whatsoever. They love them the same. They have the same access. They've been given their name. You know, they've been completely embraced into the family. They've been just completely embraced in that that context. And that, that was what was really powerful for me to understand is how does God the Father view his son, Jesus Christ. When Jesus was baptized, you guys remember the story of Jesus baptized, the Holy Spirit comes down on him, and this voice comes out of heaven. And this voice says these words right out of Isaiah. Just so powerful. Isaiah chapter 42. It says, Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved, in whom I am well pleased. Right? This is my beloved son in whom I am well, well pleased. Listen to him. This is God the Father's declaration of his heart towards Jesus Christ, his son. He loves him. He's beloved. He's well-pleased. And so, if that's how God the Father views Jesus Christ, that's his, that's his, his view towards him. This is what the scripture's saying, and this is what 
kind of what I experienced was the same heart he has towards Jesus Christ, he has towards us as his adopted children. Those who have been adopted into his family. So Ephesians, let's turn to uh, Ephesians. I want to I want to read this verse about uh, kind of just bringing this this thought this thought of adoption. And Paul talks about it a lot, actually, in a lot of his letters. But in Ephesians chapter one, verse three through six, he says this: "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places." just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to the adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which we have been, ex- been made accepted in the beloved. So we've been accepted in the beloved. The same heart that God the Father has toward Jesus Christ, he has towards us. That, that's just like a phenomenal thought. That he loves him completely. That he's completely pleased with him. Regardless of how we feel, and we know that we don't please God. Father, you know, we know Jesus said this about himself. I always do the things that please the Father, right? That's what Jesus said. And we know that we don't do that, right? But God the Father's heart towards us, because we're in Christ, of the gospel because Jesus Christ bore our penalty in death. He says, my heart towards you is my same heart I have towards my son, which is you are loved completely and you, you're part of the beloved. So what that means is that you're loved just as much as Christ is loved. You're part of his family. Like an adopted father doesn't see any difference between his natural born children and his adopted children. He loves them the same. God loves you just as much as he loves his son, Jesus Christ. That is an amazing thought to me. It's just really powerful. Um, and we've been accepted in the beloved. That God sees us with that same heart. And something interesting in that verse is he says this. He says that he, he chose you before the foundation of the world. That God chose. Nobody's forced to adopt, right? It's it's a choice. You know, if I'm going to choose to adopt a child, I've, I've made that decision. And once that decision's been made, like these families, they've adopted these children, there's no going back on it. That's a full, long-term life commitment. I'm going to be your father. You're going to be my child. I'm going to adopt you. I've chosen you in that sense. And that's a powerful thought for us to consider tonight, is that God has, he has chosen us to be his children. And that's never going to change. And something that, the really, the thing that, that really impacted me the most in Guatemala that was really hard to see was these children have so many struggles, and there's, it's such a challenge. I mean, if you can imagine what these families that have moved down there are going through. Just, they just keep pouring out love on these kids, and they're just so um, resistant to it. They, their hearts are just so hard because of so long, so many... Bad, bad things that have happened to them, just a lack of trust, and just this, just this long process to try to get them to, to even receive love. And it was really just this powerful picture of what, you know, God the Father's heart is just so determined, you know, that he loves us so much, he's going to continue to pursue us, regardless of how hard our hearts are towards him, he's going to continue to pursue us with his love. 
he's never going to stop pursuing us. You know, that's God's heart. You know, and that's what I saw happening in Guatemala. And, um, and it just really, it just blew my mind. I couldn't even believe what I was seeing. You know, and really what, it, the, the part of it that was the, the most powerful is the sacrifice that's being made. You know, the, the sacrificial love. And I, something I always ask you guys to consider tonight is to see the cross through the perspective of God the Father, of this loving Father that's sending his son to this, to this cross. You know, and Jesus Christ is praying, Father, Father, if by any means that these people could be saved in any other way, let this cup pass from me. He's sweating blood, right? He says, yeah, but not my will, but your will be done. You know, it was the Father's love. It was Jesus Christ's love for his Father that motivated him in obedience to save us. But you know, the most most terrible thing in the world is to watch somebody you love suffer. I think we've kind of got this idea of the the cross sometimes. I've heard this kind of, the way that it's viewed is like the Father God just kind of like turned his his back on Jesus, you know, and just allowed him to suffer. And it's, you know, when I was studying this and looking into it, I didn't really see that in the scripture necessarily other than that God said, Jesus quotes Psalm 22 and he says, you know, God, God, why are you forsaken me? And people have developed this whole idea from that, but I don't think the Father ever, ever left Jesus. He said, you know, Jesus said this about the Father. He, he's with me always. He's always with me. And I think God the Father was there, suffering even more than Jesus was, to see his beloved son be treated that way and to go through that. You know, it was the sacrifice that the Father, really, that he was willing to give his son for us. And that's something new that I wanted us to consider tonight. The Father's love for us. You know, how deep the Father's love for us that he would give his only son to die in our place. It's phenomenal. It's pretty powerful. Um, you know, in this, so the questions that I wanted to answer was first, you know, who are the children of God? Those who are led by the Spirit, right? He says in Romans 8. Those who are led by the Spirit of Christ, by the Spirit of God, are the sons of God. How did they become children of God? They were adopted into the family, and not for any reason that they were worthy. They were not worthy, but the God, God's love motivated him to choose to adopt them into his family, right? And how were they adopted? They were adopted by faith. And you guys can look at that verse. This is Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. Real simple, real clear. For you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. That's how you can become adopted into the family of God through faith in the beloved. Through faith in Jesus Christ. The last question I wanted to kind of talk about is um, what is promised to the children of God? And this is kind of, is is a powerful idea. guys can turn to Galatians chapter 4. This will be our last scripture tonight. I'll read Galatians chapter 4 verses 1 through 6. Now I say that an heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is a master of all. But he is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under, under the elements of the world, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, 
to redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And, bec and because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Jesus Christ. So this is the idea, right? We are been adopted into, into God's family. And we've been given an inheritance. We've been given his name. We've entered into a relationship with God that's the same kind of relationship that Jesus Christ has with the Father. And that's this word, Abba, Father. We, if we used to live in Israel, we would hear the kids say this. You know, it's like the sweetest thing in the world. Like, Abba, Abba. You know, it's just Daddy, right? Daddy. You know, that's not a relationship with, a, you know, like a biological father who just has a child and abandons them. This is, a, this is the idea of a father who is intimately involved and sacrificially loving you all the time. That is the kind of relationship that God wants us to have with him and that wants us to understand his heart for us, that he loves us regardless, that he, wants, he sacrificed everything, he gave everything for us in Christ. So what is the inheritance? Romans 8.32 He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So two words I want to talk about tonight. One was in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, where he said how that God the Father has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Every. That's the first word, every. And the second word is in Romans 8.32. How shall he not freely give us all things? What's the inheritance of the children of God? It's, it's immeasurable. It's uncalculable what he's promised to us. It's, it's beyond our wildest imaginations what is available to us in Christ. And it's not even, that's what's kind of blow my mind when I look at this in scripture. It's not even defined. It just says all, everything. Everything you could possibly imagine is promised to you in Christ. All things. Every spiritual blessing. Any spiritual blessing you could possibly imagine, you've been given in Christ. That's the inheritance of the children of God. It's beyond our wildest imagination. It's not because we're worthy. It's because of his heart towards us. You know, and that's, that's the inheritance. And sometimes we don't even know. We don't even have a, an understanding of it of what this inheritance that we have or what we have access to. You know, something happened to me recently it kind of blew my mind. It's just like, my, my parents apparently had a life insurance policy on me. Like, they had, they had been paying, like, when I was born, I never knew about it. And apparently it expired last year. And so my mom gives me this call and says, oh, yeah, by the way, you have this life insurance policy? Just, just uh, we had to sell it. You know, it just expired. And, you know, and by the way, here's, like, all this money, like, over $1,000. Like, I was just, I can't even believe, I didn't even know I had that. You know, it was amazing. And I just, I don't think we have any idea what we actually have been given in Christ and what's laid up for us, what our inheritance is. You know, it's, it's everything. Everything that God the Father's given to the Son, He's given to us. And that's, that's unbelievable. It's amazing. The grace of God. So I wanted to close tonight. Maybe you guys can, uh,
Psalm 68, you guys, if you ever want to read Psalm 68, you know, I read that when I was in uh, Guatemala, and there's this amazing part of that where he says, you know, the heart of God is, he's a father to the fatherless, a defender of the widows, and he sets the solitary in families. You know, that this has always been God's heart, you know, that he wants to bring us into his family. And, um, you know, so what's the response? What's the response to a father that loves us so much. Um, I had an interesting experience this last week. My son is three years old, and he uh, he's always working in my yard all the time. He's digging a hole in my yard, and he's like literally digging a hole like vagina right now in my yard. There's this massive hole in my yard. And he's just out there working all day long, all the time. And my wife told me, he's like, you know, I asked him, well, what are you doing? Why are you working so hard? He keeps telling me the same thing. Keeps telling me because my daddy loves me. Because my daddy loves me, Mom. That's why I'm doing all this stuff. And it's just kind of a little, I was a little bit confused. I was like, well, maybe what he means is that, well, he wants to show me that he loves me by working so hard. Maybe that's what he's trying to say. And he just kept saying that, and it just really like struck me this week, and I felt like, no, that is what he means. It's because I love him so much. Just motivates this desire to want to to please me, to want to serve me, to want to to impress me, you know, because of this, because he's experienced my love for him. And so I think that the response to God the Father's love for us is what is the response other than to just have absolute devotion, to absolutely just want to serve him with every aspect of our life, to just to lay down our lives and serving him because he loved us so much and served us so much. So Father God, we come before you tonight and just thank you so much that you've given your son the greatest sacrifice you could possibly give him to demonstrate your love for us. And you've chosen us to become a part of your family, to inherit your name, to be accepted in the beloved of your family, into a relationship that is just so amazing, God. And we're so thankful for your everlasting, unchanging love towards us. And we just ask, God, that tonight, we be just anybody in this room, um, no matter what background we come from, no matter what kind of fathers we had, we know that we have a heavenly father who loves us entirely and completely. He desires to have this kind of intimate relationship with us. And I pray that we could have that, Lord, that just as your word has said, that our spirit and the Holy Spirit would both say the same thing, that they testify we are children of God. We would know that 